Okay, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. Super Bowl edition, the first ever Super Bowl podcast episode of the Figure It Out pod. It's going to be a good one, folks. The Philadelphia Eagles will take on the Kansas City Chiefs, our Kansas City Chiefs, in Arizona on Sunday evening, 5.30 Central. It's going to be a doozy. Blaine and Johnny joining me as always for our final uh, slate preview. I guess you could call it our final slate preview of the season. One game remaining for all of the marbles, the Lombardi Trophy, and we can't wait to talk about it. Let's hear from the boys. Johnny, we'll start with you, brother. How you been? I've been great, Chandler, and... First off, props to us, especially to you. We've, we've done a lot of podcasting and content this whole year. And, like, we all have schedules going on and stuff, all right? We all have our own lives. Um, but, you know, we have to, you know, for the crew. Yeah. we got to keep this up for the crew. And I'm just – I'm very proud of the fact that, you know, our Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. It is amazing, and we're going to have a great podcast tonight. But, like, I'm proud of the fact that we did, we did all of these. Right. And like we, we all did this. And so <clears throat> humongous kudos to Chandler for, for putting this thing together. I'm thrilled, guys. I mean, this week, I said last week that, uh, or two weeks ago, that the, that the AFC Championship lead up week was crawling by. Well, this week is, is not even moving. Yeah. It's been fucking ridiculous. And it's to the point where I thought that I was going to consume sports media all week. I'm really not. I'm really not because I know, I know all I need to know. The chips are on the table. Like we, I'm extremely confident in the chiefs coming up for this game. Anything can happen. And we, and we definitely got to talk about some things, but um, more confident than I was going into the Bengals game. And I'm curious to hear what you guys think about this one too, but I can, I'm pretty much done consuming sports media because it's, it's all just the same shit. I'm not, dude. I've been I think I think I've watched more YouTube over the last three days than I have my entire life, like throughout a three day span. I've you know, the Chiefs don't get in the Super Bowl very often. And the Chiefs, you know, they get talked about in the national media all the time. But whenever every time you turn on, it's all Chiefs all the time. Like, I mean, it's my heaven, especially going to broadcast school. I know Johnny, you can't you did some broadcasting and stuff like and just hearing people's takes and getting a feel for how the nation thinks about Kansas City and being from Kansas City and being proud of all of that and, and being back in this thing is really fun and it makes my juices flow. Uh, There's a lot of uh, things that people have been saying about the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll get to that and about the Eagles. But um, no, I, I've watched a ton of film too, all 22, dove into that. We'll We'll, we'll dive in, but. God damn, this is the best week I've had in a long time, and I've had some really good weeks this year. So let, let's yeah, go. I'm kind of on the Johnny train, dude. I've really turned it off. Um, I haven't really watched anything. I'm normally like Blaine. I love watching YouTube, and I've kind of stayed off that. Um, I'm just – I feel just like Johnny does. I feel really ready. I know this team. I feel like pretty damn well. I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on Philly. I'm just ready for Sunday, and Johnny, you're so right, dude. It's going backwards. This week is going backwards. I can't believe it's just now Wednesday. It feels like it should be Friday, but um, anyway, 
before we get into it, let's talk a little Super Bowl talk. Uh, plans? What are we doing? Let's start uh, with myself, I guess. I have the, the least cool plans, maybe. I'm watching it by myself, and I am wildly fired up. I'm trying to decide right now what my meal should be, or, you know, I don't know if I want to go, like, I think I could pull off, like, a bunch of snacks and snack the whole time, or do I go for a, a full meal, maybe, like, a... Uh, like a pizza or something. That sounds nice. But um, yeah, I'll be watching down here in Cape. Pretty fired up to do that. I will be locked in. My t- my thumbs will be firing. I'm I'm pretty excited. Blaine, what are you doing? I'm in, I'm in a dilemma because I'm either going to Coles and a bunch of my buddies, Mold. my college my college buddies, right? So they ordered 150 wings. Like come over, you know, we're gonna drink some Mold. beers and have some fun. Like you know. That sounds great, but then I know I'm going to get, A, I'm going to get too fucked up, and I'm not going to be fully there, and B, I'm not going to be fully there just because of the banter. So other choices to go to my brother's, and he's a humongous Kansas City Chiefs fan, along with uh, my best friend from Higginsville, Matt Gibson, a listener of the show, will be there too. So I'm thinking the more football-minded people is where I'm going to go with this, but still in debate, still in debate. Yeah, that's always tough because, like, watch. I mean, you think about it watching the Super Bowl at Bruco, dude. Like, that was, we were pretty oh. damn locked in for that. And that was a blast. But so fun. I don't know. That was the first one. I feel like, I feel like these, like, there, there's no, like, and I might be way off on this, but there's no, like, mystique for the first one. Like, there was, like, wanting to be with everybody. Like, this one is a serious Perfect. Super Bowl. We have to win this one, in my opinion. Right. Pat needs to win this one, and it feels more of a business trip mentality than, hey, we're finally damn here. Johnny, okay. what are your plans, buddy? I'll be watching in uh, in Rogersville here, um, and for new listeners who don't know, I live about 10 miles outside of Springfield, um, but, you know, my, my parents live in Kansas City from there originally. I ideally, guys, would be going to Kansas City to watch with them. I've watched <clears throat> at my parents' house for the for the last two Super Bowls. And we, we usually have a Super Bowl party. It started when I was in like seventh grade. We had like a Super Bowl party on a whim for my basketball team and teammates and families. Then the next year we're like, hey, we should do that again. Did that again. And then every year uh, after that until uh, co- I left for college, we had like a big one. I mean, everybody in my class like ended up like chicks ended up coming at one time. It was so nice. sick. And um so like, you know, like 100, 150 people, we were small, smaller school, but like all my buddies and families were all at our house. And uh, I think my parents are still going to do that. Uh, maybe not that many people, but the whole point of me bringing that up is I wish back then the Chiefs, the Chiefs weren't even close to this game back then. So it like makes me super thankful now that uh, the Chiefs are in this game, but a little bittersweet because, you know, it would have been so cool. Like it's like a sophomore in high school with all my buddies at my house watching uh, the Super Bowl, but I'll be watching here in Rogersville with my wife and, and my kid will probably go to sleep at like halftime, which is just so ridiculous. I can't believe he's he's 15 months old and not locked into the Super Bowl. I got to fix his priorities, but um, yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. Just a little. And love it. that is the ex- that is the exact setup that we had for the AFC championship game. <clears throat> so if the Chiefs win, make sure to get your congratulations and kudos in order for me because it was all. Uh, my doing from from my living room guys so I, i'm not sure about the food either i think my wife will want to cook something but there's this little hole in the wall pizza joint out here in rogersville called post game pizza and they have this dessert pizza that is 
so gas. And with the recent legislation passing of legal grass in Missouri, um, depending on how the the game goes, I might be dabbling in some grass <laughs> dessert pizza uh, nice. afterwards. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm super I'm super excited, man. I'm gonna be a mess on Sunday. I, the nerves will kick in on Sunday. Yeah. Took the work took the work day off Monday too, which is gonna be an elite play. It's just a veteran. Win or lose too. Win or lose. It's yeah. Just... Win or lose for sure. And I'm a strong proponent. And this kind of gets into the storyline segment of the Super Bowl here. Cause let's do let's kind of maybe some storylines maybe you guys have seen throughout the week that you want to talk about. But I've got one really to kind of kick us off here. You just you have to watch the Super Bowl as a football fan. Like last year, I really contemplated not watching it. Bengals Rams, just how distraught I was over losing to the Bengals in the ASC championship game, but powered through it. Um, and it kind of goes back to Johnny's point of when we were kids, like I remember Super Bowls, man. We used to have parties too. And and Matt, there were some phenomenal Super Bowls uh growing up. But um this one, my shout out is just how great of a matchup this is. If you're a football fan in general, this is going to be, in my opinion, an unbelievable football game. I think that it has, I think it has tenacity. I think it has finesse. I think it has two amazing quarterbacks. I think it has everything that if the NFL were to script their games, they would put in the script for sure. Um, I'm really excited for this matchup. I think that it it just really does have everything, and it's really going to come down. The more I sit and think about it, honestly, from a football perspective, I think it comes down more to the end um, than maybe some people are either are leading on on either side of the coin, really. Because I've seen some people saying Philly might put it on us, but I don't think that either team puts it on either. It's going to be a very close game. Blaine? Yeah, I like that storyline a lot. Just because, I mean, the, the storyline that I've been really intrigued by is how good both of these rosters are, but in in really been the focus, you guys have been on consuming a lot of media, has been how good the Eagles roster is. I mean, top to bottom, it is phenomenal. And that plays to your point is like, somebody's going to make a play each drive on either side of the football, whether it's Patrick Mahomes or Reddick or Slay or who may, whoever it may be, somebody's going to make a play each drive. And it's going to go back and forth and back and forth because the sheer amount of star power is so high in this game. It's, I mean, obviously last year you had Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase and all that, but on the defensive side of the football for both these teams just takes it to another level alongside what both of them can do offensively. So I, I agree with you. I think it's it's continuing to go down that route of closer, 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 one score, three-point type, type football game. Yeah, for sure. And before Johnny goes, I just want to bring up your, your roster point. I just don't know why the Chiefs roster doesn't get more credit. Yep. I really don't. Yep. The offensive side of the football, our offensive line is not as good as the Eagles. If they're 1A, we're 1B. I mean, it, we have one of we have three of the best interior offensive linemen in the entire National Football League. I don't think people ever talk about that enough, ever. Um, I think Orlando Brown Jr. has been playing fine. I really do. I think he's had some very difficult assignments. And against the Bengals, his the team that he's played notoriously the worst against, he had a pretty damn good day, in my opinion. So I think it's time for this roster to get some more credit. I know the defensive side – 
I am a little worried about the defensive line roster. I know they've been overperforming in the playoffs, which is great. I want that to continue, but I, I don't get it. Yeah, and before Johnny goes, too, just the the sheer ability to the Bengals D-line compared to this Eagles D-line. I mean, the Eagles D-line, because of the sack numbers, are so high, and we'll get to some of the X's and O's of why it's been so high here in a little bit when, when we go break it down. But the way that the way that we were able to stop the Bengals after getting demolished in Cincinnati up front, like, I mean, that gives me a lot of confidence. So I agree. That offensive line needs more credit. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> No apology necessary. Apology rejected <laughs> because it wasn't necessary. Uh, so another one. I have a ton. Yeah, I have a ton of storylines <laughs> that I'll have to keep a running log on my phone. But um, I'll, I'll stick with the one that you guys are talking about, like roster talent. I think the storyline should be this is the ideal outcome from a general manager standpoint. On on both avenues, when it comes to roster construction, on the Eagles side. Spending a lot of money with a quarterback on a rookie contract and paying high dollar for quality veterans. Okay. On the Chiefs' side, it's having a quarterback who makes a lot of money and maximizing your roster potential through the addition in the draft and through free agency. It's just a masterclass on both sides. Um, and the Eagles at mid-season additions of Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph have been guys that have been really, you know, contributing for them. We've talked about Darius Slay and uh, Hassan Reddick has had an amazing season. And, uh, you know, uh, on the Chiefs side, right, we, we, we know about the draft picks. We talked about them a lot. But the additions of Marquez Valdez-Scantling was huge last week. Juju, of course, went out, but he's had great moments this year. Carlos Dunlap has shown up in in spots and – uh, Justin Reed's played a lot better, and you, you guys get it. So it's, I think that's the storyline that if sports media wasn't fucking bullshit um, and reactionary, that would be the the uh, the approach the approach founded on integrity, um, but not just like for clicks and stuff. So I think that's something definitely to watch there, um, and, and and to piggyback off of that, the Chiefs have, if you were to total up snaps by rookies and put it into games. So total games from rookies. The Chiefs are number one in the NFL. The Eagles are number 31 out of 32 in that statistic. So, right, like the Chiefs have a young roster. The Eagles have a an older but still very talented roster. But here's the biggest piece for me, and this is why I'm so confident in the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. The Chiefs, it cannot be measured – how huge of a victory it was over Cincinnati for the for this franchise going forward. The number one hindrance, the number one detriment or knock on Kansas City was that they couldn't get past Cincinnati. Even when they played good at moments in the game, they'd give it away, and Cincinnati was the boogeyman. They fucking conquered the boogeyman and killed the boogeyman. And everything Cincinnati had built up about them beforehand is totally gone. And right, that that kind of stuff exists with the veterans on the Chiefs roster. What this has done for the rookies on this roster is incredible. This young secondary that we have is playing with as much swagger and confidence that you could have in football because that was Jamar Chase, T Higgins. I know Boyd went out, but Burrow last week. I mean, you're, you're facing studs this week again too. AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard's in there. Of course, Jalen. 
but this team thinks they can handle anybody now. And so that's why I'm super confident in the chiefs this weekend guys, because nothing, nothing can get in their way. There's no moment too big. This, this moment's not going to be too big for these guys. And with one five's ankle being pretty healthy, I, I legitimately think Patrick's going to put on a fucking show. So that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put it. And I think also, I think there should be some stock put into this that it's it's Jalen Hurts' first time having to do all this. This is Pat's right. third time doing media row, being out there a week before the game. Like, just it's a completely different environment than what you're used to. And I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts can't overcome that adversity, but it is different and it has to be a huge a huge change in his life experiencing a football game this way because up until this point you've never been in a game a week before the game and stuff like that and having to do all this media responsibility and so it's it's got it all it really does and we will see it played out on sunday night let's get into the more the nuts and bolts Blaine, you need something or no no i just um i heard today pat say that he requested just because he's been there before so when he requested the schedule a week early and a lot of the guys sat down because they'd been there before planned it out, like put it in their iPhone schedule and like had a nap time specific, like Travis takes two naps a day. Pat takes two or three a day, gets a film study, two or two. Like that experience is awesome for the Chiefs. And it's a good point about Jalen. Yeah. Let's get into the, let's get into the game. Let's break down Philly first. I think let's, let's, let's show our opponents some respect by putting them first here. And um, when I look at the Philadelphia Eagles, let's start on the offensive side of the football. Uh, I'm an offensive guy, so I'm gonna we'll start over there. I really like this Philadelphia offense. It is fun to watch. It is smash mouth with a bit of finesse, if you will, from their quarterback position. But their identity is to run the football. And I think that weirdly kind of helps the Chiefs. We'll talk about that here in a second, but Philadelphia wants to line up and run the football, and they have a really good offensive line. Um, we know about Jason Kelsey. Absolutely love him. Hate that we have to cheer against him because he is just a consummate pro, A, but a really cool dude, B, and the best center in football, honestly, C. Um, I just don't I, – I question their ability to move the ball down the field explosively. They need to chunk it up, and if they – they can't do it intermediately. I don't think they have a very good passing or in an intermediate passing offense. I really don't. They hit deep balls to Devonta Smith or AJ Brown. And if those aren't firing on all cylinders, I, I struggle to see how this team gets down the field. I think that one of the things that benefits the chiefs is that these running teams, I think the chiefs have done a phenomenal job all season and don't know why it wouldn't continue now bending and not breaking. Our offense is so explosive that we are – you can drive down the field all you want, but it's going to be very difficult for you to get touchdowns. And I think the Eagles have to go on long drives. They don't – if they don't – if they're not hitting a the bomb, they're going on methodical drives, and I think that plays into the Chiefs' uh, Chiefs advantage. But, Blaine, what do you think from Philadelphia's offense? You really, really broke them down, I think, last Friday really well. Yeah, I've been watching, like I said, a ton of film on it. And really what they, what they do so well is up front they're – strategic i mean and they're really good they got really good bodies really big bodies hall of fame two hall of fame offensive linemen and kelsey and johnson but what they do so well is to get to the second level by you know if you don't know football or if you haven't like been a part of a running game game plan or film study 
two often two offensive linemen go to the D tackle. Then one sheds up to the linebacker as quickly as possible. They get outside leverage, like to the face of the D tackle so well with just one. And then all the second guy has to do is put a shoulder and gets right to the linebacker. And that hole is just big and glaring. And it's Nick Bolton or Willie Gay. Like they do such a good job of the zone read where there's an option. Jalen can run it. The running back can run it. Or they can run, you know, a quick slant or a pitch that there are so many options that the linebackers are in such such tough spots that Jason Kelsey is able to, as a center position, be small enough, compact enough to get up and get around so fast. Boom, boom. I mean, it's it's one of the most beautiful run games I think I've ever seen in my entire life. They they can bowl you over. Hell, they ran a quarterback sneak on third and three at the goal line. Twice. I saw it twice because they think they can get that push and they know they can. So it's just, it's really, you got to attack it to stop the run. And if you stop the run, then make them do something they don't want to do. And and that's what the Chiefs are going to have to do. And it'll be interesting to see how Spags does it. Chris Jones helps too, guys. I'm getting long-winded here, but really what D-tackle do you think of in the NFC that's dominant? I mean, when you think of D-tackle, you think of Reader with the um, Bengals, Donald's no longer around, Hayward with the Steelers. Um, you know what? You go down, maybe Vita Vey's the next best, and that's the Buccaneers. And they, you know, the Eagles didn't really have any, uh, did they play the Bucs this year? So it'll be interesting to see if Chris Jones can wreck a little bit of those doubles to reach as the linebackers. And if he draws double teams, how that running game is going to respond to that interior. Am I good? Yeah. Sorry. Plain. Keep co- <laughs> no, bro. I was going to say keep cooking. And, yeah, for the listeners, just to reemphasize the point, Blaine has been he, – he's not lying. He's been watching a lot of film and studying – you know, listening to YouTube, and that's dope as fuck. I'm just, like, a pissy kind of dude, and it when I see these blog boys in sports media who – are wearing their dad's suit because they don't have any fucking money and they talk too much and the suit's too fucking big and they're like, well, I think the Chiefs roster's rookies are worse than the Eagles roster. It just pisses me the fuck <laughs> off. So I don't want to hear these idiots who can't even bench their own body weight talk about football. And that's coming from a guy who didn't even play football. So <clears throat> All right, let me take a breath. They're good. You are right. You, you are right about the Eagles running game. It is very impressive. And even when other teams – plan accordingly it still has success and so the Chiefs have to have their best effort of the season against the run uh, obviously on on Sunday I'll say some nice things about Philadelphia I think they are a surprisingly well-coached football team Um, I was very critical of Sirianni like most people were after his initial press conference where he looked like he was on drugs and um, even though he's been kind of a prick on the sideline guys they were 14 and three and they were the one seat like that's you don't just fall into that and um, in, in a division with three playoff teams. And so I think that's good. I was completely wrong uh, about Jalen Hurts. I mean, I thought he was like a Malik Willis type uh, of quarterback, a guy that just wasn't ready. And um, before the season, I think in some of our summer stuff, I, I, I didn't go back and listen. Probably a good thing, but I said some dumb shit about Jalen um, and I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, I don't think he's to the level that some people are putting him to, but I think he's, he's, he's been very impressive. I'm curious what percent health-wise he is 
because he has not looked himself throwing the football. In fact, in two playoff games, he has a combined 275 passing yards. Yes, that's total. And I know they've blown these teams out, but but if you've watched the games, like the throws have been have been actually pretty poor, guys. And his best throw of the postseason was that fourth down deep ball to Devonta Smith, which was incomplete. It was dropped. And so I'm very curious if the Chiefs have success, and Blaine, I see you, uh, if the Chiefs have success against the run and the Chiefs get some sort of lead, if Jalen will be able to throw them back into the game. Blaine, do you think – what do you think? Yeah, no, that's what the that's what we're going to have to do. And really the 49ers did a good job early, a really great job. First two drives, stuff, stuff, stuffed, and then – I think they just got demoralized as a quarterback went out and yeah. this shit just went, just hit the fan and it wasn't even worth watching the film as that went on. But God, what you got to do, you know, I, I heard a Philly guy that basically said there's no way the Chiefs can man up on the edge because of Devontae and because of AJ, because of the Chiefs rookie. Like that's a suit that has no idea what the fuck he's talking about because the Chiefs are going to load the box and they're going to man up LJ. Trent's been really great, and they're going to allow – you know, Charvarius Ward had a great game against the Eagles. Didn't allow any downfield balls other than what you're talking about, that miracle scramble toss to Devontae that was incomplete. But a team, as I've watched back the Eagles, that really bloated the box, blitzed a ton, played man-to-man, played really well. Eagles put up 40. Why? Jalen Hurts had 120 rushing yards in the first half, all scramble, all scramble ball. So when you look at like, if you're going to do that, you got to keep Jalen in the pocket or you got to have a spy or you got to do something because he wants to use his legs first. I was showing you film Chandler as we were sitting there. I was sending you guys some of these videos. He was very, very queasy in the pocket. All, all both of these playoff games, whenever it's a pure passing down and he sees something, he wants out of there. And it, it it just looks uncomfortable. And that's why there's these go balls down the, the side of the sidelines because he doesn't sit in the pocket. And, and they don't have an offense that can develop those middle crossers or 20-yard posts in the middle because that's just not who Jalen Hurts is as a quarterback. Right. So that's what you kind of got to get him to do in order to um, really just kind of suffocate him. Yeah, I completely agree. I love that because I think that uh, – I think that's been a glaring issue for them. And I really do put a lot of stock into this their strength of schedule has just not been that impressive. I right. get you're 14 and three, but that, that leads us into uh, the defensive side of the football. I, their defense is good. And I don't want to sit here and say that it isn't, but my God, the teams that they played, there's a reason why they got those many sacks and the quarterbacks that they played too, to go along with that. They have not played a quarterback near a Patrick Mahomes level. They didn't play any of the quarterbacks in the AFC that are really worth anything except for, I think they play Trevor Lawrence, but come on, this is a different beast. I think the the biggest key to this game, and I don't think it's any secret, is the neutralization of the Eagles' D-line. If Just like against the Bengals, if our D-line had disrupted that game, we were going to win that game, and it did. I think if the Eagles' D-line can disrupt this, this Chiefs' offense, it could win them the football game. But I think that we have the offensive line for that challenge. I really do. Our offensive line is much better than Cincinnati facing our D-line. Um, I think that our guys are going to answer the challenge. Now, I think that the Eagles have decent players in the secondary, but I don't think that they've been challenged. Like, they're going to be challenged. They're going to – Andy Reid 
is going to throw the kitchen sink at this as this back seven, the linebacking crew and the secondary, because we know that we got to do a bunch of stuff to get the D line off rhythm. There's got to be screens. There's got to be play action. There's got to be some draws. There's got to be quick game out on the perimeter. And can this Philadelphia Eagles defense rally to all that? I don't know because they haven't played against a quarterback that is capable of getting the ball out as fast as Patrick Mahomes can. And that can completely neutralize a pass rush. And that's a huge benefit for the Chiefs. But that's if all goes well for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this field, Philadelphia Eagles D-line is really talented. Johnny mentioned it. I love the addition of Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph. I think those are two veterans. Terrell Suggs-esque for the Chiefs that came in and kind of set the tone in terms of the Philadelphia defensive line front. They've kind of changed that narrative. Um, it's harder to run on them right now than it had been earlier in the season. I think those two guys have a huge part to do with that. So it's a tough task. And this Philadelphia Eagles D-line is really damn good. And this defense is a huge product of their success up front. Johnny? Yeah, the Eagles, <clears throat> They if you look at their total sacks for the year um, in the regular season, it's the third most ever in NFL history. Now, they had an extra game. But, like, if you look back at some of the games where they racked up sacks, it was against, like, bad quarterbacks who are bad navigating the pocket. And, look, and, and – Yes, I'm kind of trying to water down their success. They still had to get home. But, I mean, they had a game this year with nine sacks against Carson Wentz. Like, in a game where he was absolutely brutal. They sacked uh, Davis Mills, like, four times. You know, Daniel Jones, six. Like, this is a completely different cat in Patrick Mahomes, guys. And if he is – not if. He is healthier – I just don't think Philly is prepared for when Patrick gets rolling and gets comfortable back there and starts getting outside of the pocket where he is the most lethal quarterback we've ever seen in league history outside the pocket. I just think, I mean, it doesn't matter who you put out there. You saw if Mark, if he, if he can create Marcus Kemp can get catch first downs. Like it does, it doesn't matter. And the chiefs I think are going to heavily utilize, um, misdirection and they're going to try to get Philly unbound off balance. And you cannot discount the extra motivation that Andy Reed has coming into this game. Um, and I, I know we'll transition over to the chief side for some stuff, but that's, that, that's something I'm looking forward to. So, you know, the, the Philly defensive line, I guess, for my final thoughts on, on Philly, the Philly defensive line is the best in the league. The Chiefs' offensive line is the number one in pass protection in the entire league. I mean, that's with Andrew Wiley having what I would say would be a below-average season. Chandler said earlier Orlando Brown's been better. Definitely. He had a rough start to the season. He's been a lot better. But the interior of the Chiefs' offensive line is, 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 is ridiculously good. And so it's strength on strength. Something's got to give. It's the number one pass-protecting offensive line in the league versus the number one pass-rushing defense in the league. And – I'll close with this. Chandler, you said it earlier. It goes perfectly to your point. As a football fan, if you don't have a dog in the fight here, my God, is this going to be entertaining. I mean, the trend, the, the fight in the trenches is going to be ridiculous. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, I believe, were like, were like second or third in the league this year in total sacks. And they're playing with a ton of confidence on that defensive line. And now they're, it's not the Cincinnati offensive line they're facing. This is a different animal too, but I just think 
obviously quarterbacks is a storyline, but the battle in the trenches on both sides is going to be awesome. Yards per – go ahead. I was just going to say I think eagles are nervous birds. What do you think, Johnny? They're a nervous totally. bird? Totally. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and for the listeners, that they, a competing podcast, something called like Pardon My – Whatever, who cares? But Competing, they're not as not good as, as not, yeah, not as good as us. Not, not close to as many listeners. No. But uh, they had Coach uh, Jim Harbaugh from Michigan on one time, and they asked him like about like eating habits. He's talked about how like he just chugged whole milk as a kid because it makes it you know it made him stronger and stuff. Mass and kind of the stuff he eats. And he talked about how he doesn't eat chicken or turkey. Because and asked him why it's because because they're nervous birds and so he believes that by consuming the bird you consume their energy as well and so Chandler I completely agree now uh, I love our country eagle would not be my first choice of bird to eat but these eagles these these Philadelphia eagles are nervous birds for sure these these aren't American bald eagles these are just a, a gross street eagle like one that's just walking down the road and wants to fly if he wants to just like come on 6 a.m you shut the fuck up yeah it's, it's a, <laughs> he's an angry eagle it's not like a a, a a national bird this is just your prototypical eagle annoying and then philly i mean that fan base too will uh, i could go on a tear i don't like philadelphia they stink and you know what too i hate philadelphia i, just, I got I, I hate it now i do too i do too um Back to it though, I mean they're they're best number one in yards per play defended. Chiefs are number one in yards per play offensively. I mean passing game, they're number one passing. Chiefs are number one passing. Now where there's a little bit of a difference, yards per rush attempt. Eagles given up four point six um, yards per rush attempt. That's twenty fourth in the league. You know this. I was I was thinking like how in the hell does that happen with that great front? But watching all of it, they go five men up front. 5D linemen so often, I was shocked. Like, I don't think I've seen an NFL team do that, and I don't know how long. Maybe it's because the NFC teams that they played, we're talking about all the bad quarterbacks, are pretty one-dimensional, so they don't have to play those four down because they don't have a passing and a running game like Kansas City can't have, and then they are able to capitalize on that so heavily because you get five guys going at the quarterback, then <laughs> good luck for your passing game if you got Daniel Jones back there, right? So they're going to have to do something different with Patrick Mahomes. And when are they going to go five down? When are they going to go four down? And I was watching really pure passing plays. They went four down linemen almost all the time. And when they're getting their sacks is when there's five down linemen and a play action or a, you know, a six, seven step drop that's developing under center and they get home in, you know, two seconds and it's over. Like you have no chance. So that if, Pat can get comfortable back there, make them a little sideline to sideline. And that's a, a point that I want to make here is that their linebackers really like. They're not that good. I don't, I don't think they're any better than Kansas City's, not even close. And, you know, their defensive backs, you know, really good. You know, Darius Slay, obviously Bradbury, who we wanted as Kansas City, but they haven't had to do a whole lot. Their stats are really good because. Whenever you got a good D-line that's getting the quarterback, well, it makes your cornerback's job pretty fucking easy. Yeah. And so if we can get 
you know, the the shotgun and Kadarius going in motion and making that linebacker move and Travis being on the other side and them having to man another linebacker there and try to do some crossing routes through the middle and make them move rather than one-on-one cornerbacks really playing their spots. Get them out, get them moving, get them in space to where they have to not be defending a one-dimensional football team. And that's where they struggle. That's why the rushing game struggles is because – you know, if teams are able to get them moving, then Pacheco can bust one for 20. Kadarius can f- sit in the middle. Travis can have a huge game, guys. If they don't, if they bring down a safety, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play Travis because he can have a huge game. Their weakness is the middle of the field for the Eagles defense. So they there's, have – go ahead. There's going to be two or three times for a shot play to Marquez too. Yep. And if the Chiefs can hit on it, that, that I mean, that's just going to open up the running game, the underneath stuff too. Like, hit the deep ball to Marquez. Like, he's going to get singled up on somebody. And there's not going to be any McColl because he has a pelvis again. Yeah. But they have the number one passing defense inside 10 yards. Chiefs have the second best inside 10 yards. Why? Because they get the quarterback so fast. So push the ball downfield. Yes. Make them make them not defend right up in the, you know, Tampa two slash press man coverage. Get them deep. And I think we can do it. I really do. To wrap up the Eagles, too, uh, we'll move over to the Chiefs side of things. The Eagles haven't had to play a four-quarter football game. And regardless right. of the outcome of this football game, it's going to be a four-quarter game. And – are you are the Eagles ready for that? Because the Chiefs sure are. They've been in a lot more pressure pressure packed situations in both playoffs. I mean, Jacksonville was more pressure on the Chiefs than the Eagles have faced all playoffs, in my opinion. I don't think yeah. it's even close. So it's going to be a four quarter game, and can their guys do it? We will see. Let's move to the Chiefs side of the football. Let's start with the. We'll go offense as we kind of just wrapped up with Philly's D. I think a huge. We say it every week. Every week, I swear we say it, but we have got to run the football. It is imperative that we run the football, and it doesn't have to be anything spectacular. It, I, if, if I tweeted this today, which by the way, guys, I broke Twitter, hit the tweet limit, which I didn't even know was real. And the thing is, too, I didn't even tweet that much. That's a different story for a different day. But I tweeted that Isaiah Pacheco, if he has 50 plus yards, the Chiefs win, in my opinion. If he has 50-plus yards on the ground, the Chiefs win because I think that that is just too dynamic in terms of what we know Pat is capable and will probably get. 50-plus yards on the ground would be a huge boost for this offense, moving the ball down the football field, and it's going to be paramount that we get those guys moving forward because the running game has not been there in the playoffs, in my opinion. It really wasn't there outside of a big run from Pacheco against Jacksonville, and then to Cincinnati's credit, it was not – in the Cincinnati game at all. Um, we talked about that last Monday, but it's uh it's it's paramount for me. And my first point, we've got to run the football. Um, and then at the end of the day, this game comes down to Patrick Mahomes. And I'll let you guys take away take it away from here, but it's it's gonna come down to Patrick Mahomes making plays. It just is. You can't be that good and be our guy um in not make the play. He just has to do it. And I have full confidence and capability that he will do it. Blaine? Yeah, I think it's going to be a jet game. McKinnon, Jarek, too. Uh, every, everybody's talking about Pacheco, Pacheco, Pacheco. 
there was a little slip up. Travis was doing his like he I think he got asked about the young players on the roster and how they've responded. And he went on an example of a recent meeting where Pacheco had to say that if he's not the number one guy, he's okay as long as we win the football game. That leads me to believe that Jarek's a heavy dose of this game plan. Like just a tiny slip that you can see in there that maybe the meeting said that Jarek was going to be a lot of the piece here. Jarek can chip pass block so well that I think we're going to use him to start quite a bit and with his legs in the in the rushing game A, but also just the dump off passing games. I'm taking overs in all Jarek stats. I'm taking over Jarek receiving, over Jarek rushing. Speaking of pass blocking, hashtag thank you, Chandler. Johnny? Yeah, Chandler, that was a good call there. I think I read that McKinnon's like an honorary member of the Chiefs offensive line room with Andy Heck, so I think that's pretty cool. But, nice. yeah, Blaine, actually, I think that's a good point about McKinnon that I didn't really think about. And if you go back to the Bengals game, it was kind of a head-scratcher, especially with who were were the options in, at, at pass catcher that Jarek was barely utilized. And now that you bring that up, it kind of leads me to think that maybe they've got some stuff for Jarek they haven't put on tape yet. And so this could be a thing, a, a really big game for for McKinnon, who <clears throat> led all running backs with in, in receiving touchdowns, had a, had a phenomenal season. Uh, that'd be awesome to see him. One thing I'm looking for in the running game, too, is if the Chiefs can actually get some decent chunk yardage. I saw a tweet today that said, okay, so it says, if you take away Pacheco's 39-yard run, um, it was when Chad Henney was in the game against against uh, the Jaguars. If you take away that 39-yard run, the Chiefs have averaged 2.8 yards per carry, which is just fucking terrible. And so they, they got to get better there. And so and, and they know that. And I, I think I think that that they will. Here's here's like how I see the game going though. Like if the Chiefs if the Chiefs rush the ball for 70 yards, 60, 70, 80 yards this game. Um, and play a C football game, we've said it all year, they, they, they're going to win. Where they could get in trouble is if the lack of success running the football, especially on early downs, puts them in long long yard-to-go situations, lets the Eagles' defensive line pin their ears back. If the Chiefs have like a turnover or something, like then you get into an area where the Chiefs could lose and, and, and when they do lose, it's the same recipe. It always looks like that. They'll lose like 3331 or 30 to 29 or like it, it always kind of looks the same like that. If the Chiefs can have success guys, I'm 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 just super confident in in what they're going to do. Um I think one guy who I think it, it hasn't been utilized yet since his return from injury that really could be a, a weapon especially in the red zone is Jody Fortson. I think Jody could be a guy uh, he's actually like 60 to 1 to be uh an anytime touchdown score in the game or something like that, or maybe it was the first time touchdown score, but you can get some good odds on Jody. And so that's something I'm looking, I'm looking at there too. Um, here, let me pull up my app here, my notes app. I got some stuff that I wrote down for the chiefs. No, apps. Um, no, there's apps. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I mentioned earlier with Mahomes outside the pocket, like Philly just that no team knows what to do when he gets, gets outside the pocket. I actually am kind of embarrassed. I don't know any of the Philly linebackers. Is that really bad that I don't know any of their names? Nate uh, Gary. To, to the Nate, point. Nate Gary, yeah. one of them, I think. He went to Nebraska, I think. Right. Yeah. I, the other one's I white. Feel like, so. yeah. I feel like I know players but uh, around the entire league really well, and I don't know any of their linebackers. So I think the Chiefs can have a lot of success there. 
Um, I just think the biggest mismatch in the entire game, guys, is the Chiefs, it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's – with all due respect, it's Sirianni and Jalen Hurts versus Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And that's why I just have supreme confidence in this team. Like, like what's it going to take for everyone to give the respect? What's it going to take? You know, like every game, I feel like Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey are setting some new record or breaking a record that was before or tying a record that was there before. Every single time you mention Patrick Mahomes' name, it's not in the category. It's not like there he's chasing greatness or whatever. He's already greatness. He, the names that you have to put when you talk about Patrick Mahomes are not names like Marino anymore or Aikman or Staubach. Staubach. The name or Favre or Rogers. The names that you associate with Mahomes are Brady, Manning, uh, uh, Joe Montana, Elway, Bradshaw. Like th- These are the names that you associate with Patrick Mahomes. And I still feel like there's disrespect being th- thrown around after this guy with Marcus fucking Kemp on one leg against a team that was the boogeyman bully, which still leads them to victory. Like, I can't believe it that in zero degree weather, like I can't believe that this this team is still getting disrespected. I know the, the roster on Philly is really good, but I just think that the Chiefs are, I think the Chiefs are going to have a lot of fun on offense. And all the storylines are there, guys. This is where they started their season. Yeah. They started the season in in Arizona. It's indoors. Mahomes is a baller indoors. I mean, all the time, but he fucking shows out indoors. And the whole talk is, well, here's why this game is so big for Patrick, and then I'll, I'll shut up. The difference... When you're talking about a quarterback, when it comes to, to, to winning, right? The difference when you associate somebody when they got two Super Bowl dubs as opposed to one is huge. If Mahomes loses this game, you know, and that's so dumb too. If the Chiefs lose this game, Mahomes falls to one and two in Super Bowls, which people will use against him. Which, but it's but it's hilarious. The guys, the guy, barring crazy fucking weird shit is very close to being in the Super Bowl every year of his career so far, right? If he gets this second one, and which he's going to be supremely motivated to, it'll likely be NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. Tyree Kill was gone. Like, what's fucking right. next? So Patrick, right. Patrick's, Patrick is uniquely motivated for this game. But if they do lose, it'll just be an offseason of, how can you pick Patrick Mahomes over Jalen Hurts? They both have the same amount amount of Super Bowls. It'll give Joe Burrow and Josh Allen a little bit extra because if we push it this year and we get that one, boom, we're back in the same conversation as Patrick Mahomes because we got the same amount of Super Bowls as him, which the three of us know is complete fucking bullshit. But that's that's the big thing here. Yeah. It's easy. It's easy to talk about Mahomes because he's so fucking good. But he guys, he is – He's so motivated for this game and the narrative that Mahomes is bad in Super Bowls, which is so fucking stupid too, is out there. So, all right, somebody else go. Yeah. And, you know, another storyline, Mahomes is so good, right? Ayuk 
didn't he come out? What's been pissed me off? All these NFC guys been saying shit about the Eagles and the Giants got boat raced, and they're saying that you know it's Sirianni doesn't have to do anything. The roster's so good. And then Ayuk basically said he's taking cash, all his cash he's got, and putting it on the Chiefs because he thought that the the Forty ers pre injury of Purdy were going to be able to expose the linebackers and secondary of the Eagles for what, you know, for reasons we're talking about now, getting those linebackers moving, doing some things that other teams haven't been able to do because the 49ers are a multidimensional football team. And they felt supremely confident in that. And I feel like the Chiefs feel confident in that too. I was listening to a Eagles uh, reporter and reading up on some of this. They're enthralled at how good the Chiefs are in 13 personnel, which is like a two tight ends and maybe like Tony all at the line of scrimmage, pat under center with a re- receiver out wide and a running back. And what that does brings the safeties down, brings the linebackers closer to the football, and you're either going to run the ball and a point to make the Eagles safeties tackle really, really well. But that could bode really, really well for Patrick Mahomes and getting them close to the football, get them downhill, make them decide if they're going to go deep and cover Tony on a post or if they're going to stick and, and, and stick the run with Pacheco. And what the Chiefs have done so well is they've like flooded and Travis slips or flood and Noah Gray comes across the field and a dump out to the running back. And there's four or five options there that the Eagles defenders are going to have one way or another. And if that defensive line doesn't get home, the Chiefs can do it lining up under center, guys. And I think the Chiefs are going to line up under center. Even though this Eagles defensive front is so good, I think you're going to see more of that heavy personnel than you believe just because those safeties are going to – we're going to make them and the safeties line be an absolute guessing game. And I think Andy Reid is licking his chops, watching as much film as he can to get them in situations where they got to go up or they got to go back because they are all very, very aggressive. Linebackers, safeties, corners are all very aggressive, and that bodes well for what Pat – and Andy do so well is is to combat that. that. That's their MO. Yeah. And I think a huge, a huge point to make as well before we move to the defensive side of the football is Chiefs cannot turn the ball over. Right. No dumb turnovers. Um, I love Patrick Mahomes to death, but I just don't want him to press and um and think that he has to win it on one play because that's sometimes when he can get into trouble. And uh a turnover or or something like that can just completely change the momentum of a football game, especially in the Super Bowl, Blaine. Who's the X factor? I mean, who you guys who needs to have a game here? Well, I think I think the most obvious X factor is Travis Kelsey, but one right. that isn't isn't so mainstream um for me is I'm I said it against the Bengals. I think it's Marquez. Yeah. Seriously, I think that him and Pat have some sort of really good connection right now. And I think they're hitting that in, in good stride at the moment. And I think that needs to continue um, into Sunday because if if you can get Travis going and then you get Tony and then you get Juju Smith-Schuster and then you get Marquez who's going for a buck and some change against the Bengals, like, I mean, it's got to be Marquez, in my opinion. Johnny, what do you think? Who's the X-Factor on offense? Good question, Blaine. Such a sick question. Like, without trying to go full galaxy brain, like, I want to say Orlando Brown. Like, I want to say, like, our tackles. Yeah. But, like, yep. up to, in, in terms of scoring the football, um, for me, it would be, it, it would be like, Marquez or, or Kadarius. I think it is, it is huge for the Chiefs if they're able to get, you know, 
more than two fucking yards on first down when they run it. They get five, four to six, and then they can maybe hit on a deep ball over the middle. Like, you know, like some of those times when Sammy would get those deep balls in the playoffs. Like, Watkins, I remember, like, multiple times helped this offense out a ton in the playoffs by getting a deep ball, you know. The, of course, the one against the Titans was was huge. The one in the Super Bowl uh, against Richard Sherman was huge on, when he burned him out wide. But one that we don't talk about a lot was in 18 in the first half of the AFC Championship game, the Chiefs didn't score any points. And and I remember in the second half, it was third and long, and Mahomes is scrambling. He throws a deep ball over, way down the middle on the run to Watkins. And I ring that up because – there will be some by design, but Patrick's going to have some chances outside the pocket. And, and the Chiefs, it's the, it's the lowest percentage in his career. I believe it's like eight and change percent. Eight percent of the time, Mahomes has thrown the deep ball this year. It, it, he hasn't done it a lot, and it hasn't been that great when he's done it. They need to do it here. So I, 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 don't, I saw Kadarius. I don't know. The, the, the injury report just came out. Um. I'll just read it here. Kadarius was limited with an ankle and a hamstring. Willie Gay, full. Patrick, full. Jarek, full. Pacheco, full. Trey Smith, full. Juju, full. That's huge, by the way. I haven't read this. I'm reading this live to you guys. And then on the Eagles side, Landon Dickerson, full. Lane Johnson, limited. Cam Jurgens, limited. Avante Maddox, limited. Robert Quinn, full. Okay, so, yeah, the X factor for me is just the deep ball, guys. Yeah, and I, I'm going to go flip there, and I, I completely agree, but I think Juju. I really think that second and long, I, I think they're gonna they're gonna force us to play that game of second and long, like Juju beat Bradbury on a on an eight yard, you know, out route or or something similar. Juju's gotta be able to win one on one or or against guys. I, I think it's paramount because Tony's gonna make those big plays on screens, jet sweeps and all that, but can your pure route runner in the slot get six? And I think Juju's gonna have to. And I I I think he's bound for it. I I think he's due, and I can feel it that it's coming on that Juju's gonna have a big game. He had a good he last time we were in Arizona, he had a good week one, really good week a, one. Had some big catches, some good run after catch. Uh they call those yak yards for the listeners who don't know, yards after catch. So look out for that. Let's move to the final part of the Super Bowl, the Chiefs defense. And it's probably the easiest one to talk about because the objective is very simple. And it stopped the run. Um, I was saying this just a couple minutes ago, but I really am bought into what the Chiefs' philosophy overall seems to be on defense. And it is completely bought into the bend and don't break and make big plays, really, in the playoffs. Make big plays um, type of defense. And I like that. In the Super Bowl, you got to win with big plays. And this Chiefs defense has proven time and time again that in in the playoffs, they've had some really big moments and some really crucial plays to really change the narratives of games and to win games. Um, The one-handed interception against the Jaguars won the game. Um, It was an awesome play. And so I think that that is a huge factor going into this game. And now that we're on the defense, really, the Chiefs defense needs to win the turnover battle. If our offense turns it over, we need to get it back. And up until really – the last couple of weeks of the regular season into the playoffs, I didn't think that the turnover battle for our defense was going in a positive direction. Well, they flipped the script in the playoffs. Let's hope we can get a couple of those turnovers because that would be gigantic to get up a couple scores 
in this game. Johnny, what do you think from this defense? Yeah, it's just being able to wrap up and tackle. I think that's going to be huge. Uh, and the team has shown a willingness to do that. I think Trent McDuffie's ability to step up and tackle from the cornerback position, mm -hmm. especially as a rookie, is huge. Uh, his technique is great, and I think he learns a lot of that from Legereus. And so we need a big game from Legereus. It's nice to not even see him on the injury report by passing concussion protocol. Um, and, yes, he was battling a concussion, but he only put, like, what, two snaps on his body before? So he's had some extra rest. That'd be good for Legereus. Um, need, need it big from the safeties. But, yeah, for me, it's just – it's tackling. And Blaine yeah. needs to talk about this, too, because he, he, he did the film dive and he brought it up a little bit earlier. But maybe to elaborate more on Jalen's – Jalen's happy feet in the pocket, right? So it's just to make him uncomfortable. And the way you can do that is to put them into – you know, long downs uh, on offense. So, you know, if I were to have an X factor on on this defense, um, probably Nick Bolton. I think Nick Bolton or hundred percent. Yeah, Nick Bolton can absolutely control. He can. He has so much control on this game. And Blaine was talking about how how well this offensive line can pull and get into space and get into the next level in their run blocking scheme. A lot like a lot like the Shanahan offenses do with, with that running scheme. If Bolden can shed those blocks, if, if Willie can do the same, if Leo can give us some snaps this, this game, Leo Chanel, that that'll be huge uh, for me. And, and actually now, now that I'm processing this, maybe the X factor is Chris Jones, because, yeah. because if they can, if this defensive line can make things difficult on the Philly offensive line and give, uh, give these backers more room or more gaps to shoot into that could help. I guess here, here's your X factor, guys. Here's your big brain thing for me. Stop the run. There you go. <laughs> that's that's the X factor. Well, I, I like I like the tackling aspect too, and I think what goes along with tackling because they do it so well is their short passing game is what that's their mo. I mean, it's either go ball or a slant or a screen to a you know, a bubble screen because A.J. Brown can block so well. He's a massive body. He can block a cornerback so well on the edge. Can our cornerbacks shed blocks, get downhill, and force Jalen to throw the ball in the middle of the field and be aggressive about it? And with tackling goes that, like I just said, be aggressive in coverage. I think our cornerbacks have got to be able to stick with Devontae, stick with A.J., and make that, if that run, zone read, pull it, you got the slant there. That slant cannot be there, or else the Kansas City Chiefs are going to get beat. You know, Legarius has to be magnet. Trent, you have to be a magnet. Jalen, you have to be a magnet. You have to be able to cover and space so well one on one, because I truly, ultimately think that's what Spags is going to do: load the box and, and make them do something other than that that short game side to side or or slant football. I love what Johnny said, too, about the uh, safeties because they can be crucial in the quarterback run game. Right. Um, much like the Philadelphia Eagles, I think that on Philadelphia Eagles defense and the Chiefs trying to get their safeties to come down, I have a feeling they're going to try to pull our safeties down, too. Yeah. And that's just basically based off formation. But they're also going to want to try to use a little pop pass or some sort of something like that to like kind of introduce the run and then hit pass late. So those safeties have got to have their eyes in the right spot at the right time and come downhill in those alleys while Jalen Hurts is running on the outside of the formation. Johnny? 
Yeah, I think I, I think something I'm looking for, guys, is like I I and tell me if I'm wrong. I don't view Jalen Hurts as a truly unique thrower of the football like I do some of the quarterbacks the Chiefs have faced. He's had a lot of success. I think he leads the league in touchdowns on the deep ball this year. I feel like so much of that has stemmed from dominance in the running game, leading to play action, leading to the deep ball over the middle, similarly to like what the Titans had with deep ball success with Tannehill and A.J. Brown, right? Like, so what I'm getting at is, and with, with him having not a fully healthy throwing shoulder, I think the Chiefs are going to have some opportunities to get their hands on the football in the secondary. Oh. And one player in particular, Blaine, you played defensive back, so you can talk about this. I know this is true. The ball is like is like trying to find guys who are due for an interception, and McDuffie is beyond due. He's had multiple times where the ball's just like clanked off his head yeah. or dropped it. He he was mic'd up for a, a game recently, and he had well, I think it was against the Raiders. He was mic'd up for a game, and he should have had an interception. He could have had one last game against uh, Burrow on the first drive. Honestly, it was a kind of a tough play because it was so bang bang but he he said he could have had he could have had one against them there and then later in the game there was like a what was a third down burrow and long burrow got outside the pocket and mcduffie had an awesome like think got a finger on a ball that would have been completed to t higgins mcduffie's been around the ball a ton and so i don't know if you if you can talk more about that being a defensive back like the the ball is trying to find trent yeah, no, I not I've played cornerback at the high school level, whatever. But I did have a top five most interceptions in the history of the state. Why? Because tendencies, like some of these bad football teams, you can you can like pick a slant, whatever. And the Eagles have such heavy tendencies that it's easy for a cornerback if you can read the play before the play, jump it, get an inside. And that's what I was saying about being aggressive and coverage on one-on-one situations if you know that they're running that zone read and you're one-on-one and it's you know 90 going to be a slant read it jump it you might get burnt deep and the chiefs might get burnt deep a few times but i think they're going to gamble and throw the dice to do that and it, i mean the cornerbacks just have to be able to jump a few things and even going back to alabama with some of the best re- i mean that's one of the best receiving cores we've ever seen in college Jalen got pulled out of that game because that offense was so limited with him at quarterback. It's the same offense that the Eagles are running lob balls. You know, he's, he's not the guy that can throw a 30 yard route on a dime on, on a rope. He just isn't, he won't be. And that allows you to have leverage as a cornerback. And I think our secondary has leverage and being able to know that it's, it's a huge part of this game, massive part of this game. Jalen's played three games since coming back from that injury and he's averaging 168 yards passing per game. That shoulder's not – it's not no, fully it's healthy, not. guys. And that's not an injury that, like – like, Mahomes had a really bad injury, too. I would take Mahomes with a high ankle sprain any day than a, than a throwing shoulder injury. Yes. I mean, Jalen's feeling that thing, guys. So, all right, Chan, you got to mm-hmm. say something. I've been saying Yeah, you do. No, you go, go, Blaine. I'm serious. Go. Willie Gay. I mean, we are so blessed to have a linebacker that can get sideline to sideline with Jalen Hurts. I mean, that's huge. I don't know if they're going to play spy or if they're not. I I anticipate somebody spying Jalen because that's their offense. But 
Willie Gay is, I mean, Nick Bolton's got to be really good to stop the run, but Willie Gay has got to be really good to contain yeah. Jalen Hurts' legs. I mean, yeah. it's it's paramount. And do you have another point, Chandler? Because I got one last one. I was just going to say that Jalen got benched for Tua. Tua. Tua throws lob balls, too. Tua stinks, but speedy recovery. Actually, I saw that he cleared protocol finally after 39 days. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor guy. But just Frank Clark, they um they're able to make defensive ends be in such bad situations. That's why you won't see Chris Jones lining up on the edge. You're just not going to see it this time. You saw it against the Bengals because the Bengals don't run this offense. Their ability to zone read, which if you're not a football guy, if it's either a run in the three gap or the quarterback takes it around the edge. And the, the defensive end, a lot of the times, either has to dive to tackle the running back or stick with the quarterback who's getting around the edge. Frank Clark made a lot of those plays against San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo and their motion um, side to sideline. Frank Clark has got to be able to put his foot in the ground and get Jalen Hurts on the ground too. Huge, huge. And who? Mike Dana has to be the same way. I'm George. Not sure. I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, but it's huge. Boys, I think I think we nailed it. Anybody got – are we done? Anybody got anything else they need to say? I got to get your final score. I got to know what you're feeling. I yeah, let's feel wrap up with a final score prediction. Okay, I'll go first. I think my final score prediction is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs 31, the Philadelphia Eagles 28. And I, I truly think that there could be – a Harrison Butker game winner. I really do. I think that this game is close till the end. And I hate that because I want it to be a Chiefs blowout, but I don't see either team blowing each other out. I really see it being – I mean, I, in my true mind and my visualization right now, I see Pat going on the drive to set it up and Harrison knocking it through. I really freaking do, guys. Chiefs 31, Eagles 28. Johnny, we'll go to you. All right, so I definitely can see the Chiefs blowing the Eagles out. Um, oh, I, I, Yeah, oh, yeah. Ah. The only – and I cannot see – I've seen some people suggest this. I cannot see the Chiefs getting blown out. If the Eagles win, I think it's going to be close. That's what, that's what happens every time the Chiefs lose. The Chiefs in it, the last 32 games, the Chiefs have either won outright or lost by four or less. Okay? The Chiefs are a fucking amazing team, and they're going to win this game. Final score for me, I'm going to say – I'm going to say – I'm going to say 33-21 Kansas City Chiefs. Two sacks from Frank Clark and he's going to retire after the game. That's what I'm going to think. Wow. Frank Clark, Frank Clark has an out in his contract where the Chiefs would um, – I have it right here. Hang on. Frank Clark has an out in his contract after this year uh, where the Chiefs would give him like – like $9 million in dead caps. He'd get like a check for like $10 mil or something like that. He'd be like, you know, second all-time in playoff sacks – two total championships he'll turn 30 years old and 
his best friend, mentor, and father figure, Andy Reid, and will just have helped him ride off into the sunset. So 33-21. And one thing, oh, I'm so glad I remembered this. Okay, <laughs> this is huge, too. No one's talking about this, but there was a – guys, there was a fucked-up thing that one of the Eagles' contributing offensive linemen did. I mean, he's been – this backup lineman, Josh Sills, has been indicted for engaging in sexual activity with with a woman who – it was – okay, it was non-consensual. And then he held the victim against her will – Back in 2019. Suck his dick, sucked his dick in a truck, held her down. Yeah. Like weird shit. And that, that stuff legit matters. That stuff with Andy Reid's son that came out the week of the 2020 Super Bowl. That stuff matters in the locker room. And guys, there is so much of this. Blaine brought this up a couple weeks ago. The whole karma thing. There's so much of the Chiefs doing things the right way versus the rest of the world that actually matters a lot of the time in these stories. Look, they could they could lose, but it would make so much sense that the Chiefs win this game. Overcoming adversity, Andy Reid being the most successful playoff coach in the you know one of probably the most successful coach right in the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, and then having one bad year and getting fired, right? Like but always handling themselves with class always, you know, in spite of all the media narratives and all the people trying to get the chiefs to slip up and say something dumb, the chiefs always taking the high road, Andy Reid leading these, these guys by example, there's so much of this team that fits the story of who should be the champion that I just firmly believe that all of this stuff is going to line up. And that's why I think the chiefs, I think, this, I think this game will be close for a bit, but I just don't think the Chiefs – the Chiefs have been there, and, guys, the Chiefs are playing with no fear. There is no fear from the Kansas City Chiefs. There is some from Philly. Oh, you've blown out everybody, but you've been playing terrible teams. Jalen Hurts, he's never been there before. A lot of these guys never been there before. The Chiefs are playing with no fear, and they are going to win – I'm doubling down on my I, – I didn't pick Philly to make the playoffs. Why? Jalen Hurts. And I'm going to double down on it. I just think the Chiefs are going to be able to make Jalen uncomfortable, make Jalen do un-Jalen things or what he has never had to do this year, and I think that they're going to do everything in their power. That made me go 34-21 Chiefs. Now, Super Bowl wrinkles, I was like, whoa, okay, step back. Quit getting so excited. Johnny, I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't think you're an idiot. <laughs> I was like, you know, it's it's just not going to happen. I I don't I don't believe this is a blowout game because it, there's just wrinkles in Super Bowl and it's it's such a tight game always. I'll go really 28-24 Chiefs force a few Jalen turnovers. Chiefs get stuffed a few times. It's a good front and the Chiefs ultimately have the playmakers to win the football game 28 to 24. I love it. Boys. Final Slate preview podcast wrapping up here. Super Bowl edition. We've made it this far. Let's bring it home for a win. One final victory Monday recap. Next Monday in the figure it out football season, we'll come to a brief close. We'll be back for the draft, I'd say. But um, until then, 
we won't be on the air with y'all. Uh, Johnny, Blaine, thank you guys so much. It makes my job a lot easier to do this podcast when I got a great co-host, so I really appreciate your guys' time. Chiefs, Sunday, baby. It's time. Super Bowl. Thanks for listening. Blaine, Johnny, we'll see ya. Go Chiefs! Thank you, Chandler. Chiefs! See you, boys.